0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes and shows us the way, so that we might rejoice. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you found your way? Or, maybe a better question is, have you ever lost your way? Have you ever gotten confused about the direction that you were going? Or maybe you thought, well, I'm on the right road, only to find out several mile markers later that you're not. Well, that seemed to happen to me uh, for a little while when I was still dating Liz, when I was going down to Gainesville, and I was driving back up here to Tallahassee, and usually it had darkened while I was driving up, and so I was used to the drive when it was light out, but then... All of a sudden, I was on this road that I thought I knew fairly well, and I was usually doing something else, trying to multitask in some way, playing with my iPod or being on my cell phone or whatever. And I would get off on an exit, and I would have to get gas or something like that. And I'd pump my gas and I'd get back in my car. And, of course, I knew the way to go to Gainesville. My brain knew the way to go to get to Gainesville. And I don't know if it was something about that my brain knew that I was going to marry Liz or what this was. But my brain always seemed to want to direct me back to Gainesville rather than to Tallahassee. And so what I would do is, without thinking about it, I would get on the exit to go to Gainesville, when I was supposed to go to Tallahassee. And I'd be driving along for a little while, and then all of a sudden, I would begin to see things that, well, seem to be familiar, but the wrong kind of familiar, as in... Well, I think that this is not the way to go to get to Tallahassee. I think I see these billboards when I'm going to Gainesville. And pretty soon before you knew it, I was probably saying some things that I shouldn't repeat and saying, oh, I have to turn around. And I have to make a U-turn. And I have to now go back towards Tallahassee. That's one of the ways that we get lost. We just kind of take the wrong on-ramp or the wrong exit sometimes. Sometimes we even get lost in our homes, though, too. Especially if it's a new place that you're in. I remember being a little kid, and when we would go to my grandparents' house, and the first few nights... That I was there. And everything would be pitch dark because they had this thing that well, my parents, our house, never had. And it was a basement. And this basement was a lot of things. It was dark and it was sort of dank and whatever, but it was also very, very dark at night. It was almost pitch black. There were no street lights that were coming into that basement. And so I didn't quite know where to go. And I remember one night getting up in the middle of the night and thinking, I have to go to the bathroom. But I have no earthly idea how to get there. And so, cautiously, I stepped out of bed and began to feel... My way around that basement. I found all sorts of things that night before I found the bathroom. And I was turned around. The way wasn't clear. And I was lost. The prophet Isaiah today is speaking about a way. He's speaking about this road which the exiles of Israel will take in order to go back to the promised land. You see, at this point in what Isaiah is saying, Isaiah has already seen people go off into exile. He's already seen his own countrymen be stolen from their homeland. And... He knows that they're going to come back. And he's painting a picture of what that day will be like when they come back. That day when the way will be clear. And the way will be easy. In fact, probably one of the most interesting things that Isaiah says in this passage is that everyone will be able to stay on this way. Even fools will not be able to go off of this road. This road is going to be beautiful. It's going to be teeming with vegetation and animals and all sorts of beautiful things. This road is also going to be impossible to veer off of. You'll be able to stay on this road without Seemingly even trying. And this road is also going to be very safe. There's nothing that is going to be able to harm you when you're on this road. Nothing at all. And yet, that's not how our lives are. Our lives are much more like the desert that Isaiah is talking about when this reading begins. When the reading begins, Isaiah begins by saying, In the desert, there a road will appear. In this desert there will be this magnificent road and the things like the crocus will bloom in this desert. And it won't make any sort of sense, but there will be this blooming rose, but it will be in the midst of a desert. The midst of someplace that's completely... Completely destroyed. And he goes on to say that the glories of Carmel and Sharon will be given to this road. And what he's saying by saying that is he's saying that these things that are under a serious control right now. These two mountains that he talks about, Sharon and Carmel, are under the control of Assyria. And there's something that Isaiah can see as he's looking from Judah, and he can see that they're under siege. He knows that those places no longer belong to Judah. But no matter who they belong to, they're still beautiful, and he can see them. But he says that in the day that these captives return, in that day, the beauty of those mountains shall be given to this way. The beauty of those mountains will be given to this highway back into the promised land. Well, there's deserts and there's A lush, green way. And so far, it probably sounds like this has just kind of been an interesting history lesson about where Isaiah has been. But we know deserts, and we know the way. We know the desert that has been created by our own sins. We know that our sins have caused things to wither and dry up. We know that our own sins have become hot like burning sands. We know that our sins have created a wasteland many times of our lives and of the relationships in our lives and even our relationship with God Himself. You see, Advent is a season of preparation. It's a season to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ in the manger and in the second coming. But it's a time for us to prepare ourselves by recognizing our sins sometimes. To recognize that we have made a desert of our lives. That we've gotten lost. That we've gotten turned around. That we're maybe going the wrong way. That we're seeing the mile markers going in the wrong direction. And John the Baptist in this season cries out, Turn around! The way is behind you. The way... That Isaiah is talking about is behind you. Turn! Be turned! Let the Holy Spirit grab control of you and turn your heart back. That is this Advent. And yet, this is the third week of Advent. It's A week of rejoicing in the midst of a penitential season. It's a week of remembering that we're forgiven even in the midst of confessing our sins. It's a week of remembering that that way is clear and wide for you. And it's not because it just got a whole lot easier to do the right thing, it's still not easy. We still get turned around. We still get mixed up in the darkness. But we have a Savior. We have a Savior who came in from the future. A Savior who understands our present condition. A Savior who could look back in His life and see where we were and knew exactly what we needed. And knew that we needed the forgiveness of sins. Knew that we needed our deserts to turn into pools of water, into lush ways teeming with vegetation. And the beautiful thing about it is because it's not up to us to guide ourselves down that way. Even fools, even fools won't be able to turn off the way. Even fools like you and fools like me won't be able to turn away as long as we keep ourselves tied to this Christ through faith tied to Him then we don't have to worry about which way to turn or how to go but all we have to worry about is that He knows the way that He knows which way that we need to go and that if we begin to turn around that He will gently guide us back to His way and His glorious rejoicing. Amen.